2: a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team.
0: Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Kevin McCarthy was removed as speaker, a Russian missile hit a grocery store in Ukraine, and Bob Menendez is under fire once again. Here's your National News Recap for the week of October 1st. House Republicans are scrambling to find a new speaker after Kevin McCarthy was voted out of the role this week. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell wants whoever will be McCarthy's successor to get rid of the current rule that cost him the speaker's gavel, allowing a single member to force a vote on the position. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan and House Majority Leader Steve Scalise of Louisiana both launched their bids on Wednesday. Oklahoma Congressman Kevin Hearn is also considered to be a likely contender. All three members made their pitch to the Texas delegation Thursday morning, which is the largest in the Republican conference. Some conservative members have also floated Donald Trump for the job. The former president told reporters Thursday he'll do whatever is best for the country, but said he's focused on becoming president. The House is currently in recess, and a speaker election is set for next Wednesday. Reports say Donald Trump may visit House Republicans on Capitol Hill ahead of the speakership election next week. Republicans are holding a candidate forum Tuesday ahead of Wednesday's election. San Diego Republican Congressman Darrell Issa is asking for a U.S. Senate inquiry after the governor's choice to fill California's vacant seat. When Dianne Feinstein passed away last week, California Governor Gavin Newsom chose LaFonza Butler, a Democratic strategist, to fill the seat. Butler was a California resident but now lives in Maryland. Republican Congressman Issa demanded a Senate investigation. The governor's office says Butler is in the process of changing her voter registration back to California. Is said to be okay after he was carjacked Monday night in Washington, D.C. Authorities say it happened about a mile from the U.S. Capitol. Police are looking for three men who they say took Cuellar's vehicle and his luggage. At least one of the carjackers reportedly had a gun. The Supreme Court heard arguments Tuesday on the constitutionality of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. The CFPB was formed after the Great Recession to investigate consumer complaints against financial institutions. Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren told Politico Monday, the CFPB has returned $17 billion directly to Americans cheated by financial institutions. Many Republicans oppose the bureau because it's funded through the Federal Reserve and not through Congress, and argue that its funding scheme allows it to escape accountability. Former President Trump has left New York City and will not be present at his civil fraud trial. Trump is back in Florida after attending the first three days of the trial. New York Attorney General Lietta James accused Trump and his family of inflating Trump's net worth, leading him to get better loans. James is seeking $250 million in fines and a ban on Trump's company doing business in New York. On Tuesday, the judge overseeing the case issued a gag order which bans anyone involved in the case from making comments online or in public about the judge's staff. It came after Trump verbally attacked his law clerk on social media. The head of Homeland Security is calling for construction of a border wall in parts of Texas. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is citing an acute and immediate need to waive dozens of federal laws to build a border wall in parts of Texas where illegal migration has surged recently. The announcement published in the Federal Register calls for border wall construction in Starr County along the Rio Grande, where the Biden administration says there is high illegal entry. They are waiving federal laws to allow border wall construction in Texas. DHS announced the administration is waiving laws such as the Clean Air Act and Endangered Species Act for wall construction in Star County. Prosecutors in Georgia have filed petitions in two cases regarding alleged election interference. The AJC reports the district attorney's office is seeking testimony from six witnesses outside Georgia, similar to subpoenas filed when witnesses live in state. The D.A. wants to hear their testimony in the upcoming trial of Kenneth Chaseborough and Sidney Powell, both of whom face racketeering charges. They are among 18 defendants facing charges in connection with the 2020 election, including former President Trump. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news.
3: I'm Gavin Trutzenbach with your international news report. All three of our international stories today are coming from Reuters. Our first story takes us to Eastern Europe. A Russian missile slammed into a cafe and grocery store in a village in northeastern Ukraine on Thursday, killing at least 51 people as they held a memorial service, Ukrainian officials said. The cafe and shop were struck and reduced to rubble early in the afternoon in Hroza village in the Kupians district of the Kharkiv region, Regional Governor Oles Senehyabov said, adding that many civilians had been there at the time. Officials posted footage of dazed-looking rescue workers clambering through smoldering rubble. Some photos showed bodies lying alongside slabs of concrete and twisted metal, and others showed rescue workers carrying away bodies. Interior Minister Ihor Klimenko said residents of the village of about 330 people had been holding a memorial service in the cafe that was hit, and local officials said they had been sitting down to a meal. Klymenko told Ukrainian television, From every family, from every household, there were people present at this commemoration. This is a terrible tragedy. The attack was the deadliest in the Kharkiv region since Russia's invasion more than 19 months ago, a spokesperson for the Kharkiv Regional Military Administration told Ukrainian public broadcaster Suspiln. It also appeared to be one of the biggest civilian death tolls in any single Russian strike since the start of the war. Klymenko cited preliminary information that he said showed the attack was carried out with an Iskender ballistic missile. He said the strike was clearly very targeted and that Ukrainian security services had launched an investigation into the matter. Defense Minister Rustem Umarov said the terrorists deliberately carried out the attack during lunchtime to ensure a maximum amount of casualties. There were no military targets there. This is a heinous crime intended to scare Ukrainians. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, who was attending a summit with European leaders in Spain, said that the Russian terror should be stopped. He said in a post on the Telegram messaging app, now we are talking with European leaders in particular about strengthening our air defense, about strengthening our soldiers, about giving our country protection from terror. Moscow denies deliberately targeting civilians, but many have been killed in attacks that have hit residential areas, as well as energy, defense, port, grain, and other facilities. Our next international story takes us to the Middle East. The United States on Thursday shot down an armed Turkish drone that was operating near its troops in Syria, a U.S. official said. The first time Washington said it had brought down an aircraft of NATO ally Turkey. A Turkish Defense Ministry official said the drone shot down by the US-led coalition did not belong to the Turkish armed forces, but did not say whose property it was. Two US officials, speaking on the condition of anonymity, said an F-16 shot down the Turkish drone after the United States called Turkish military officials multiple times to warn them they were operating close to US ground forces. The official said the Turkish drone was believed to be armed. The Syrian Observatory for Human Rights and a local security source said the US-led coalition had shot down a Turkish drone near a base in northeastern Syria. U.S. allied Syrian Kurdish forces said Turkish attacks had killed eight people in an escalation prompted by a bomb attack in Ankara claimed by Kurdish militants. U.S. support for Kurdish forces in northern Syria has long caused tension with NATO ally Turkey, which views them as a wing of the outlawed Kurdistan Workers' Party. That group claimed Sunday's attack in Ankara near government buildings. On Thursday, a Turkish Defense Ministry official said a ground operation into Syria was one option Turkey could consider. Turkey has mounted several previous incursions into northern Syria against the Syrian Kurdish YPG group. The official said, Our only goal is to eliminate the terrorist organizations that pose a threat to Turkey. Security forces in northeastern Syria said Turkey had launched a series of attacks on Thursday, with more than 15 drones entering the region's airspace and hitting targets, including infrastructure and gas and oil stations. Our third and final international story takes us to China, who plans to expand its space station to six modules from three in coming years, offering astronauts from other nations an alternative platform for near-Earth missions, as the NASA-led International Space Station nears the end of its lifespan. The operational lifetime of the Chinese space station will be more than 15 years, the China Academy of Space Technology, set at the 74th International Astronautical Congress in Baku, Azerbaijan, on Wednesday. China's self-built space station, also known as Tiangong, or its celestial palace in Chinese, has been fully operational since late 2022, hosting a maximum of three astronauts at an orbital altitude of up to 280 miles. Up at 180 tons after its expansion to six modules, Tiangong is still just 40% of the mass of the ISS, which can hold a crew of seven astronauts, but the ISS, in orbit for more than two decades, is expected to be decommissioned after 2030 about the same time China has said it expects to become a major space power. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach, and that was your International News Report.
1: I'm Riley Adams with your local news. From CBS3, newly released dashcam footage has shed light on the 2018 fatal car crash involving Nadine Arslanian Menendez, wife of Senator Bob Menendez, who hit and killed a pedestrian in northern New Jersey, according to a police report. That car crash, which took place prior to her marriage to the New Jersey Democrat, is alleged to be the inception of a bribe in the federal indictment against the couple. According to a report from the Bogota Police Department, Nadine Menendez struck 49-year-old Richard Koop with a Mercedes-Benz Sedan in Bogota in December 2018, killing him. She was driving alone. Police questioned Nadine Menendez and concluded that she was not at fault for the crash, the report says, and she was released without a summons and allowed to leave the scene of the crash. The pedestrian coupe had been jaywalking, according to the police report. According to the New York Times, Nadine Menendez was never tested for drugs or alcohol. Authorities must demonstrate probable cause that a driver was impaired before testing for alcohol immediately after a crash, Joseph Vertella, a former president of the Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers of New Jersey, told the newspaper. The recently uncovered information about the 2018 car crash adds new context to the federal indictment released last month against Nadine Menendez, her senator husband, and three others. The indictment goes on to allege that two of the co-defendants in the case, Will Hanna, and Jose Uribe offered and then helped to buy a new Mercedes-Benz convertible worth more than $60,000 for Nadine Menendez in exchange for Senator Menendez's interference in a New Jersey state criminal prosecution of one of Uribe's associates and a related state criminal probe involving one of Uribe's employees. According to the indictment, Senator Menendez agreed to disrupt the criminal matters in New Jersey. Both Bob and Nadine Menendez have pleaded not guilty to all three counts they face as part of the alleged bribery conspiracy. The other three co-defendants have also denied the charges. From 6ABC, an investigation is underway into the murder-suicide of a family in New Jersey, according to law enforcement sources. The incident happened along Titus Lane in Plainsboro Township, Middlesex County, on Wednesday. Officials say authorities received a 911 call around 4.40 p.m. requesting a welfare check at a home on Titus Lane. Plainsboro police officers found the bodies of four victims inside the house. Law enforcement sources told our sister station, WABC-TV, that an adult man is accused of killing his wife and two children before killing himself. The investigation is ongoing. From ABC7, An innocent woman in New Jersey has died after she was shot in Patterson on Sunday night. The shooting happened on Van Heuwen and CNC streets around 9.30 p.m. Mary Taylor, 22, was standing next to a car when shots rang out. It all happened so fast, according to one witness. A small red car drove up and a person wearing a ski mask started firing. Taylor, who was out with friends, was hit. She was taken to St. Joseph's University Medical Center, where she was later pronounced dead. Police chased the car involved in the shooting, but stopped the pursuit when it became too dangerous. The vehicle was eventually located and police say it had been stolen from New York. So far, no arrests have been made. But the investigation continues. From News 12. A youth tennis instructor can face life in prison for sexually assaulting a 12-year-old for more than a year, starting when she was 12-year-olds, according to Monmouth County prosecutors. Prosecutors say the victim, who is now 19, told the court that Terry Q, 32, of Colts Neck, groomed her with expensive gifts, jewelry, designer clothes, and accessories while coercing her into engaging in sexual activity with him. Prosecutors say one of Q's students alleged that he had engaged in various instances of sexual misconduct on multiple occasions from August 2016 to November 2017. Prosecutors say officials also recovered digital files containing child sexual abuse material on QO's electronic devices, as well as evidence of sexual crimes committed against the victim. QO was arrested in Marlboro in November 2017 and initially indicted in February 2018. He was found guilty of sexual assault, endangering the welfare of a child, and kidnapping following a two-week trial. Keo currently remains detained in Monmouth County Correctional Institute in Freehold Township. He will be sentenced December 1st. I'm Riley Adams, and that was your local news.
4: I'm Aiden Doherty with your Rowan News. This Thursday, a career fair was on the campus of Rowan University. I got to catch up with a professional about the importance of career fairs.
5: Uh, this is Allison Gaynor of Career Services. We also have Lily Rue. She's a service dog in training.
4: How important is Career Fair, especially to Rowan students, especially upperclassmen students?
5: So, Career Fairs are really important because it's vital that you network at this time. Everybody's getting a degree, everybody has some kind of skill. You need to be able to market yourself as a person and as an occupation, and somebody that has skills that have the ability to work their skills and apply. So, it's very important to come to Career Fair, check out what we have, see what's possible of you and to get those jobs after graduation.
4: Thank you. Any last advice to possible people that maybe didn't come out today but should come out when they have one once again?
5: Yes, of course. So please come see Career Services. We are located in Advising Now on third floor of Savitz Hall.
4: I was also able to catch up with some students about how the career fair went for them, what stood out, and possible opportunities they got from it.
5: Yeah, so actually I'm a business major and the people that I spoke to were engineering consultancy firms, but I don't know, I think there's some good opportunities there. Did
4: anything stand out to you today? Maybe you met someone, possible job opportunity, interview, internship opportunity, anything? The
6: thing that actually stood out to me is that there seems to be a lot of things that aren't necessarily meant for English or communications, but that there actually are really a lot of available opportunities
0: at those companies.
4: Uh, I'm here looking for a job. I'm a senior chemical engineer and I am I got a couple companies I'm looking for. I just just met with New Jersey American Water, so I'm hope hopefully that goes through because I'm already doing work for them. So
5: currently, a junior civil engineer, and we just both talked to a New Jersey American Water, uh, both in the same clinic project. Hopefully, trying to get something with them looking for an internship today. we are gonna go talk to more companies and get some good results.
4: The next career fair will be on October 26th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Roan Glassboro's campus. It will be located at the Rec Center. Homecoming starting next week. The Homecoming Harvest Festival on October 13th will be happening at Hollybush Green from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Rowan After Hours welcomes all members of the Rowan community home to celebrate the season. As part of Homecoming weekend, enjoy a night of dancing, live music, games, and a variety of food trucks and vendors. Also happening on October 14th, the 2023 Homecoming Celebration. You and more than 100,000 alumni are invited to return home for a special Centennial Homecoming Celebration. The Homecoming Celebration will be at Lot 01 and Lot O at Rowan University and we'll be starting at 11 a.m. on October 14th. I'm Aidan Doherty, and that was your Rowan News.
0: That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report, I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team.
2: I'm Jack Miller for the Rowan Report with your news from the professional sports world. Your Rowan University profs return on the road this afternoon as they face their first New Jersey Athletic Conference opponent, the College of New Jersey Lions. But let's backtrack, though, to last week where Rowan's struggles in the borough continued as they faced the number nine ranked Johns Hopkins University Blue Jays. Johns Hopkins put on a clinic at Richard Wacker Stadium as they put up 55 points compared to Rowan's 20. James Farrah had a monstrous day with a career high 203 rushing yards and a pair of touchdowns as 74 of those yards. Yards, resulted in six on the scoreboard. The senior running back was granted New Jersey Athletic Conference Offensive Player of the Week for his dominant performance against the Blue Jays, even though Johns Hopkins' Switzerland quarterback put his team on his back with 313 passing yards and five touchdowns in the 35-point victory. Switching quarterbacks, Rowan's Thomas Goldsboro was the starter on Saturday and was looking for a better day from himself and his offensive line. He was sacked six times by Johns Hopkins' defense, but threw 421 yards and had only one Passing touchdown to Marlon Boston. Now the profs look to shake things off and go an hour up I-295 to try and beat the TCNJ Lions to open up NJAC play in week six of the regular season. The MLB playoffs started this past week with four wildcard series all finishing up in two game sweeps. In a best-of-three series, the Rangers, Twins, Diamondbacks, and Phillies all beat their opponents and are moving on to either the American League or the National League Division Series in the MLB postseason. The four teams eliminated were the Rays, Blue Jays, Brewers, and Marlins. The two AL East teams of the Rays and Blue Jays each only scored one run in their two games with the dominant pitching and huge crucial swings from the Rangers and the Twins really came through for these underdog teams. The Diamondbacks and the Phillies clicked on both sides of the diamond as their bats clicked through both games. A 442-foot bomb hit by star rookie Diamondback Corbin Carroll and a Game 2 Grand Slam by Phillies second baseman Bryson Stott were both used as momentum swingers to finish off their NL wildcard opponent. For the ALDS, the Rangers will face another AL East foe of the Baltimore Orioles, and the Twins will travel down to the Lone Star State to take on the Houston Astros. There are two divisional rivalries taking place in the National League Division Series. The Diamondbacks will face the NLS Division Champs of the Dodgers, and the Phillies will have an NLD rematch against the Atlanta Braves, a matchup everyone is waiting for. All Game ones start today with the Rangers and the Orioles first pitch starting at 1 p.m. This past Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles had a divisional rivalry overtime thriller at the link against the Washington Commanders as they squeaked away with the win on a game-winning field goal by Jake Elliott 34-31. Jalen Hurts was able to throw for 319 yards and connect with A.J. Brown twice for two touchdowns as the passing game was mainly utilized in this game's edge away from washington the eagles remain as one of the two teams who are undefeated and now have to face the two and two los angeles rams at sofi stadium on sunday with kickoff at 4 25 pm again i'm jack miller for the roan report with your news from the professional sports world
5: hi i'm megan steckler with your roan report business update the national gas average price could fall to three dollars and 25 cents by halloween Oil prices spiked last week and now are suddenly falling dramatically. They fell nearly 6% on Wednesday. According to AAA, prices at the pump then fell to $3.77 on Thursday. LaPau Oil Associates President Andy LaPau told CNN that they'll plunge further to about $3.50 a gallon nationally over the next few weeks. X is taking out headlines and text from links. Before, a thumbnail would accompany links along with the article's title and a line or two of text. Now, only the article's lead image is the only thing shown. The social media platform's owner, Elon Musk, said in August that he would be making the change for a sleeker look. But the move officially happened a day after Musk said publishers should try posting their content directly on X in long form. He wrote in a post that X doesn't prioritize links to discourage users from clicking away. Musk also recently said, that he personally doesn't read legacy news and prefers citizen journalism. The Powerball jackpot has ballooned up to nearly one and a half billion dollars. Michael Kastner
1: with more.
3: These folks in New Jersey are buying tickets and planning what to do with all that money if they
5: win.
1: I would pay my husband's credit cards off, uh, invest, and buy a home.
2: Take a trip, a long trip somewhere in the Caribbean. I'd figure out what I was going to do from there.
3: The estimated jackpot ranks as the third largest in the Powerball game and fifth largest among U.S. lottery jackpots. The next drawing is Saturday night. The odds of winning are about 1 in 292 million. I'm Michael Kastner.
5: Abercrombie & Fitch is launching an investigation into sexual misconduct allegations against its former CEO. The BBC originally published claims that Mike Jeffries exploited men for sex. The company said in a statement that they are appalled and disgusted by the behavior. The statement emphasizes that Jeffries has not been employed by the retailer for nearly 10 years. Abercrombie & Fitch has been working with an outside law firm since being contacted by the BBC. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. I'm Elle Lawton and this is your entertainment
6: news. The man accused of murdering Tupac Shakur will now be arraigned later this month in Las Vegas. Dwayne Keith D. Davis was expected to be arraigned Wednesday, but the arraignment has been moved to October 19th. Authorities say Shakur was involved in a fight with Davis outside of a Mike Tyson fight in 1996, which eventually led Davis to allegedly get the gun that was used to kill Shakur at an intersection. After 27 years, Davis was arrested at his home in Henderson, Nevada last Friday. He's charged with murder with use of a deadly weapon. Saturday Night Live will return next week. NBC's sketch show will start its 49th season on October 14th after the Hollywood writers' strike ended last week. Former cast member Pete Davidson will host the first show back and will be joined by musical guest Ice Spice. Bad Bunny will pull double duty on October 21st when he will both host the show and be the musical guest. Michael Jackson's estate is settling a million-dollar legal dispute. The estate claims a man named Jeffrey Phillips allegedly stole a million dollars' worth of property from his California home in the chaos after the singer's death in 2009. The estate says Phillips took hard drives that may contain unreleased performances and concert footage, as well as laptops, iPods, DVDs, and more. On Wednesday, it was announced that both parties had reached an agreement in court. The terms of the settlement have not been released, but the estate has been asking the judge to help return the property to them. The head writers of the Drew Barrymore show are quitting. On Wednesday, it was reported that the trio of the head writers who worked on the show before the writers' strike have all turned down offers to return now that the strike is over. Barrymore faced backlash this month after she announced the taping of her show would resume during the strike, a decision she later reversed and apologized for. It's unclear whether the loss of the show's key writers will postpone its official return date of October 16th. A special Barbie doll honoring rock icon Stevie Nicks is already sold out. The $55 music collector series Barbie doll sold out by Tuesday morning after being unveiled by Nicks on Sunday. The doll is inspired by Nick's appearance on the cover of Fleetwood Mac's 1977 album Rumors. It features Nick Bangs, Moon Pendant, Ribbons, and Tambourine. The two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee said she was overwhelmed when Mattel asked to make a Barbie based on the Rumors album cover. A visit to Disneyland will be a little less expensive for families for a short time. The theme park is offering a new limited-time kids special ticket for children ages 3 to 9 years old. Starting October 24th, a child's ticket to the park could run as low as $50 a day. They're valid for use between January 8th and March 10th next year. They're good for one, two, or three park day tickets with upgrades such as Park Hopper tickets or Disney Genie Plus. The tickets do not include blockout dates and are dependent on available reservations. I'm Elle Lawton, and that's your entertainment news.
0: And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day.
2: You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news.